0: Hey there, listeners. Welcome to the official WNRG podcast. We believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared.
1: Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insight into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others.
0: This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and the dedication of our core team.
1: I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja-Evans.
0: And I'm Brittany LaMere. Make sure to text
2: WNRG to 239355 to have episodes sent straight to your mobile every Thursday morning.
0: And we always want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts in our Buzz Group WNRG podcast series or by tagging us. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to part two of our series of seven habits of successful people. My name is Brittany LaMare, and we also have Tara DeLucia
1: and Carmen Pontoja-Evans
0: here on the line. So we are going to continue our discussion. The next three habits, which are habits four, five, and six, all have to do with leading others. So if you caught our episode last week, we talked about the first three habits, which have to do with managing yourself. So the mindset and the kind of process here is to have yourself manage so that you can then effectively lead others. And a brief recap, habit one was be proactive. Habit two was begin with the end in mind. And habit three was put first things first. So now we're gonna go on to leading others. And habit four is titled think, win, win. And so this is really effective for long-term relationships that require mutual respect and mutual benefit. And also, this habit helps you build trust with coworkers and those that you work with and work around. So when we say think win-win, we're eliminating any mindsets that foster destructive or competitive and combative behaviors. So we're not putting ourselves in competition with others. Does this sound familiar, ladies? We're all on the same team, and we should all help each other out. So, this is going to help you cultivate your relationships and have them built on mutual trust and respect. And what goes around comes around, kind of the cosmic world per se. And this is all going to help you build relationships with others and taking the initiative to be generous, as we have touched on in a couple of other episodes where we had Irene Hustiniano on and uh, she talked about organizational generosity. So we're going to be talking about how to, you know, build these relationships based on trust and respect.
1: So what I thought was interesting about this habit is pretty much what we're doing as a podcast team. We're trying to pay it forward or share the knowledge. And that's where, when I read about this habit, that's what I was thinking.
2: Yeah. Being able to to share how to make things easier and the knowledge that we have. Absolutely. I think that's that's a great correlation. I think too once you know especially over in healthcare services our our bottom line is it's easy to see it's the member and the member's health. And so I think for for me it's helpful to think about how my interaction and my collaboration with my peers only helps to serve the success of the member. You know, if the the greater like the strife or any type of like negativity or, or unhealthy competition, it just doesn't do anyone any favors, including, including the members. So I think that's been helpful too when I think about this particular habit.
0: And for me, I've I've kind of taken it and I always have believed in organizational generosity. I mean, could, you know, blame it on, I guess I'm a millennial. I wouldn't mean say I'm necessarily have all of those traits, but I definitely am all about sharing over, you know, tr- if I figure something out, I don't just keep a hold of it. I want other people to be empowered and to know and, you know, if I can help prevent them from reinventing the wheel, that that's my whole goal. And that also just kind of feeds into my personality type. But, um, you know, relating this back to kind of women in the workplace as well, I I think that's been a challenge and it's been mentioned on numerous podcasts that, you know, people believe they have to work twice as hard to prove this. And so I feel women sometimes get wrapped in that loop that they have to be combative or try to prove their worth and maybe to the detriment of other women, which after being a part of the WNRG, that's that's just not true because the WNRG, I feel like people that are involved in our membership, everyone is there to help support one another and to help figure things out and to make the workplace better and easier for us all to thrive. And I think that's really important that we help lift each other up and empower each other and to help instill confidence in others. I think that's that's a real big one.
1: And if you think about how can you fix that in an office environment when you are exposed to it, and you know, I I have an example of a situation I was in um, some years ago where I was the the new person on the team, um, and my peers I want to say weren't as warm and fuzzy about making sure that the new peer was being offered or, or knowing everything that needs to be, to, to need to know and be helpful about it. So what I thought I would do is, hey, team, there's four of us in this office setting. Why don't we have a monthly meeting and discuss and share our knowledge, share what you've learned, because what you've learned, I know I can use. I have no doubt because I'm the new person. And and likewise, I can bring my outside experiences into this office and and together you know, we are one team. So I think I helped that part of it by, let's just have a monthly meeting and everybody was on board and you get to know one another a little bit more that way. Have you all ever experienced that in your offices? Yeah, so we're just doing our action planning for our Connects
2: survey right now. And that so far is one of our top drivers that, that folks are identifying is just, how do we work smarter and not harder? How do we share what we already know works or if there's tricks to the trade or just anything to make life easier? I think we've all gotten to a point on our team where we're just like, we got we got to help each other. We got to work with one another. It's not, you know, it's not my information and I'm going to hold on tight to it. It's, you know, how can I make you more successful? Because ultimately, it's it's the success of the organization. You know, if you're able to see that bigger picture. So we're, we're going through that right now um, as a team.
0: And Tara, could you tell us what exactly a Conexa survey is and what it's used for?
2: Well, it's the engagement survey. So once a year, they send out, um, I believe it's called Conexa when you receive it, and you just answer some questions about um, well-being and engagement and, um, you know, collaboration amongst your teams and how you're feeling about Humana as organization. And then they send those results to your leader and then create an action plan so you come up with two of the drivers that maybe there's opportunity to improve and then the team so this year what i did with my team is i sent them um we reviewed the survey results and then i sent them a, a survey monkey and i listed out all the drivers and so they got to choose the two that you know spoke the most to them and then they had to fill in you know i identified this driver and the way that I'd like to take action on it is dot, 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 because I wanted to also help them understand. It's not just identifying where the opportunity is. It's, it's being able to come up with a solution of next steps. And they got to own it. You know, they're the ones that are going to make it happen, not me. So that's where we're at right now. And I'll, I'm going to collate the information soon and then present that to them and we'll, we'll move forward. So <laughs> does that help?
0: Yeah, so Tara, to me, it you had mentioned that uh SWAT, you'd never done a SWAT because we touched on that in the, the last episode. But to me, that, that sounds like a lot of what you've done. You've identified the strengths and you've identified weaknesses and opportunities or threats to your team. So now I feel like you're you're going into that mindset of how can we use each strength and how can we stop each weakness and how can we further the opportunity and defend against threats uh, for your organization? So, I think you've you've done a great job by trying to get everyone involved in that process and try to really gather valid feedback to ensure that everyone's voice is heard. That's awesome. See, see, so you're I have no already idea. <laughs> you're already doing these things. <laughs> so, cool. um, do either of you have any advice on what to do if you feel there's a combative uh, relationship and how to maybe go about mending those fences. Well, Carmen, you had already talked about that a little bit, but any advice? Yeah. Well, two for me. One is um,
2: find somebody safe outside of your business place. Maybe just bounce bounce that off of. So I always want to make sure that I'm not bringing emotion into it or like making things personal, right? So my motto given to me by a a really good peer is it's it's business is not personal. And so just keeping Mm -hmm. that in mind um, during conversations or um, also my leader had said, you know, assume positive intent. So I guess I have three things, assume positive intent. And I think that helps as well. But the third thing for me is I, I realized recently I, I won't be a part of the problem. So if there's any type of discord on a team or even with an individual I've decided I'm not going to let that like take priority or like trump the fact that there is a lot of good functioning on the team. So, so being able to like positively just change the mindset Hello? and say we're going to move forward, you know, as a team, and we're going to focus on the positive. And if there is negative there, that's that's okay. That's that's not my choice. I'm not I'm not going to let that into my into my space if that makes sense. So, that's that's kind of where I'm at with with that one.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's that's a really great point. I feel all too often that we kind of fixate on something that's negative rather than really giving all the positive facets of a team or positive traits of a person really the, the chance to, to thrive and to help mold how we feel about a person or about a thing or an instance. Because if you Think about it. Whenever you have a negative experience, and we would mentioned this before, people are more than happy to go share a negative experience about a a service, an item, or something. But it takes kind of a lot for people to then, you know, reframe and think about the positive. Because we'll always remember that negative experience. I think there was... uh, a study done that said we are 10 times more likely to remember a negative experience over anything else that's been positive with a a product or service.
1: And I think I hope what it says here for the habit for to build trust with your coworkers and um, of course, Tara, by your survey, you're reaching out to them, but individually to walk up to them if you're in the office or I am them if you're virtual and just engage with them for just a little while, um, that builds trust because it may be something that you, that may not even be happening in the office that they might be carrying from their personal life that's just affecting the way they're feeling towards a situation. So when, when you make the effort to have a closer relationship, a one-on-one relationship, I think that can make all the difference. For instance, the situation that I had with uh, the other four peers. I was in office at the time, and so I would physically walk to see them and greet them on occasion, and it made all the difference in the world just by doing a small piece, small little thing of just going up and saying hi.
0: And I do believe that Bold Goal has a program or a campaign they're doing that says Humana says hi or something like that. We'll be sure to include that in the show notes, but... Having that connection, something as small as saying hi to someone or exchanging a smile or a good morning, I really believe that can help set the tone for the entire day. So I'm I'm a big one to come in and be like hi, good morning, and people are like, how do you have the energy? Trust me, I'm gonna have more coffee. But I'm like, I have a mindset that I'm gonna make today the best I can. I, it's going to be especially Mondays, just because. You know, everyone's coming back from the weekend. You want to kind of get the energy going. So I think that's I think we've all made some really, really great points about habit four, which is to think win-win. And yes, we will recognize that this is often much harder to do because we're all human and negativity can affect our lives. But we're going to think win-win here. All right, well, we're going to lead into habit five, which is seek first to understand and then to be understood. So this is the habit of mutual understanding. And with that, you should communicate effectively and you have to really understand each other. So another tip they have is to give honest, accurate feedback and also to practice empathetic listening. And I know that I could practice listening a lot better. I am taking that cue from Tara, who recommended an amazing book about listening more as a leader. So Tara, could you you let us know which book that was? (laughs) Yes.
2: So again, another recommendation. None of these are mine. These are all from amazingly brilliant people in my life, but um, it's called Quiet Leadership. And I'll have to get the author into the show notes. But the whole idea behind it is as a leader, your job is not to tell people what to do, it's to help them figure out what the best next step is. And so when you're talking to someone, um, asking the right questions so that they come up with the answer, um, so that you can actually listen and hear what's really going on uh, besides maybe the first statement that's said. Um, so that's that's kind of the whole idea behind it. And, and I love it too, because my managers have been doing the role much longer than I have, right? They understand the nuances. A lot of them came from the field. So I work at Humana at home. Um, and so a lot of them have done the job. And so I love getting them to come up with the answers because they have much better insight than I do. Um, and, and then it empowers them. And then the buy-in is there too.
0: And that goes back to like habit for I think win-win mutual benefiting because you have the buy-in. So they're going to believe right. in the solution more and feel like they were really part of that process.
2: Well, and I, I think it's amazing too. I mean, if you sit long enough, um, especially in the virtual world, people will talk. And and so I've I heard, I, I'm in the virtual setting. So for the work at home people, when you're on a call and it's like that dead, uncomfortable silence ask, after a question's asked, your first like instinct is to like, okay, well no one has the answer, or like jump into something mm-hmm. else. But um, the best thing you can do is is really count. 10 seconds very slowly and just allow people the time to process and think about what they want to say and then start the conversation. So it's uncomfortable. And I mean, sometimes I'm like chomping to like say something (laughs) to fill the gap. But at the end of the day, you get some of the best thoughts, ideas, questions um, just by just stop talking and just, just listen, listen to your associates and your peers. And we talked about
1: that uh, in the first three habits and um, about I think I mentioned. I don't know the slogan again, but it's like button your lip. And uh, so I am trying to take that into my personal life as well, to just stop and listen. Oh, so hard that. it is for for <laughs> me. It really is. I feel me like too. I'm getting better by baby steps. And Tara, you have it. You have it down pat. And um, well, I but... don't know if my husband would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on the situation. It depends on the audience. On the audience. There you go. Thank you. But but it's true. And even if we use that with uh, our families and our children as well as our peers and colleagues, you can learn so much by just listening. like you said, it sometimes circles around and they have their answer just by letting them talk. Mm Mm-hmm
0: and Tim Ferris mentioned this cuz I was doing research about you know how to be a better interviewer and how to just have better conversations and he mentioned that something he had to learn as well is don't try to jump in and and save someone and mm-hmm. by by that he means if you ask a question and somebody is quiet for a moment just let it be quiet they're mm-hmm. they're thinking it over and He was like, I was shocked at the amazing answers I received whenever I just stopped, let them think, and then they answered. So that's that's something I'm I'm working on too. With that, you as you're listening, it's all going to help you communicate better, effectively because you're going to have a better understanding of each other. And um, I used to be a communications major in school and everything. So I've always found how people communicate uh, to be really, really interesting. And um, I pulled some notes from college this weekend. And as I was going over it, uh, it said to structure a conversation. And so I feel this has to do with communicating more effectively. And so if you ever have a really intense conversation, you need to have some of the suggestions were to identify the objective so identify the main activity of why you're having this conversation and then it says to give them an overview so to give them a bigger picture of why you're having this conversation and then it says to give them options put them in control so I feel Terry you touched on that by having people give give and take feedback and then the last one is the outcome so get them to come up with the actions and have an action plan if there was a problem, and that's why you're having this conversation. So I feel you gave a really concrete example of identifying those steps, whether you intended to or not. I, I feel you did a great job providing that as an example. Wow, we didn't even plan that. I know, we're just that good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's pretty, and you talk pretty amazing. And you talk about that awkward silence that you said, count to 10, which I think immediately awkward silence. But, uh, but at the same time, how many, how many times have you been in a situation or I know I have been in a situation where somebody had jumped in so quickly and my thought was just diminished. And so maybe if that, if I counted to 10 or if that person would have counted to 10, um, it would have given me maybe enough bravery. We'll call it to speak up and say something.
2: Yes. uh, That bravery piece. You're Mm -hmm. absolutely right about that. Or like just sometimes you just need a minute to formulate what you want to say and, to make sure you're being thoughtful about it and yeah i, th- I think you get a lot more quality input once mm-hmm. there is a pause sometimes
0: mm-hmm. Very speaking good. of quality that's going to lead us into habit six which is synergize that is such a, a corporate word such synergy a corporate word. <laughs> <laughs> but uh another way to think about it uh instead of saying synergy or synergize is to think about it as the habit of creative cooperation. And the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And I I definitely believe that. I'm a big global thinker, and I think it takes all the parts of the puzzle to create the big picture. And I believe we've touched on that. The reason why we do this podcast is to help identify different areas of our business and different leadership tactics and habits because everything we do, no matter what role you're in, all of this feeds into this amazing company, which is Humana. So I really feel that uh, synergy or creative cooperation between all the parts of a whole make a, for a better outcomes. And so people are often uncomfortable with differences of opinion and an outlook, and you may try to eliminate these rather than appreciating them. But differences should be welcomed, and life would be boring if we all thought the same. So welcome these differences and think about them as a source of strength and the ability to provide creative solutions to problems. And I think a lot of the time you'll be really – you'll be pleasantly surprised with the outcomes.
1: Well, diversity breeds creative ideas, right? There it is. So the more you know from one another, learn from one another – give an opportunity for everyone to say a few words it's amazing what you can learn
2: that's where i was headed to was the whole inclusion and diversity piece and um just being accepting, accepting of different thoughts and ideas and um, how it all fits together and it, sometimes it's it's not easy when you think it's supposed to go one way and you know you get pushback or you get I guess pushback's not the best word but somebody has a different thought on how it should go so being able to take a step back and kind of see that bigger picture Brittany like you were saying like that global picture um, of how these pieces all fit together um, synergy reminds me of like a, a really fancy way to say just be more collaborative mm-hmm. be more open be more um, understanding of different, different input
1: then as a leader you combine all of what you've learned You may not use one specific idea, but you may put them all together and it's the perfect package. And as a leader, you just have to make the final decision.
0: Yeah. I mean, we all come from different walks of life. We all struggle with different things or have certain feelings or, you know, you may be emotionally tied to something that someone else isn't. So you understand it from a different perspective. And I feel all of those instances of diversity or differences can go into creating the best possible outcome if we all just take the time to listen to each other and recognize that we all have valid opinions and then move on from there because it's a great learning opportunity. Speaking with somebody that is not like you, that doesn't look like you, I feel is a tremendous opportunity for learning and growth personally and also, like, culturally, especially from people that are different than you? Especially because our members are all diverse, right? Humana,
2: we are, we're in the relationship business. We have, to, we have to keep that at the forefront of what we're doing because that type of interaction amongst peers, that trickles down into our interactions with members. Um, so I think there's a bigger picture there as well.
0: Tara, I absolutely agree with the episodes where we featured Marla Sanders from MarketPoint. She's the director of sales integrity. Her overlying theme for everything was relationships. And I feel you nailed it. whenever you said, we're in the relationship business. And I think that's what Marla's sentiment was echoed as well.
1: And it's wonderful to be part of a company that is diverse and so welcoming and to have leaders that, echo the whole idea of what Humana supports.
0: And I feel we also need to keep in mind that diversity doesn't just happen. It's something that we all have to work at and we all have to work together to achieve. And I also, a part of that is just being comfortable in your workspace and in your work environment to really bring your authentic self and to be you at work I know this is kind of one of the first places I've ever felt that I could come in every day and truly be myself. I will all disclose I do have a few tattoos and I have one on my arm and this is the the first job that I've I've had that's been like, "Hey, it's cool. It's cool for you to be you." Um before that, I had to wear a tat jacket over my arm every day. It was miserable. It was awful and I would have to plan my outfits around what was going to hide you know the the piece of art on my arm because I do consider it art and it was it was a total change of pace. I remember watching the um ITLS, watching a few of those and realizing those people had all just looked like they they loved their job and they loved what they did and they weren't wearing, you know, a three-piece suit, but they were still teaching me and learning and having a great time at work. So that made me feel like i'm at the right place at the right time and kind of just felt like home i guess that's a really cheesy way to say it but it is such an empowering quality to be able to walk into work and know that i'm good enough based on my own merit for who i am and that's perfectly acceptable to bring into work so the the connect survey that's
2: that's a lot of what they're, they're asking too, is they're trying to get a better understood. Well, the survey is trying to bring out exactly what you just said, you know, do you feel um, that you can be your true authentic self at work? You know, do you feel um, included? Um, I mean, there's so many pieces to it. So it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about it, because it's so important to us as individuals, as people, that it's such a huge driver of Feeling like you belong and purpose and mm-hmm. all of the all of the things that, that keep us motivated to keep helping the members. So I, I love that you just shared that and, and that's your experience. I think it's pretty awesome.
1: And it is the four pillars, the purpose, health, belonging, and security. And the belonging is, you know, family, social, and, and workplace or communities. And humanity just scores well overall.
0: And that go- also goes into the Maslow's hierarchy uh, of life, which... I'm sure we've all seen at one point in time, but you have to have your needs met. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like the very first thing, is is self-actualization, and that's being your authentic self. And then it goes into esteem, love, safety, and your physiological needs, which that's like on the bottom scale. But self-actualization, and I I believe that is a huge part of what humanity tries to do, is making people feel their associates feel that. Whatever they have, whoever they are, that's why you're here is to be yourself at work and it'll provide better outcomes, which makes you have a really a boost of esteem about yourself that you know you are able to be yourself at work.
1: Well, and as you all know, I'm part of the culture team with Provider Process and Services and we work uh, diligently to support just that piece, the well-being, the belonging of the associate, the appreciation. And just when I Share with people on the outside uh, what I do as work. And they are just amazed at how Humana supports the efforts to do that. They, some folks say, I've never heard of that before. We've never had that in our company. Or, and so to all of that and how much Humana does pour into the associate um, experience is incredible.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're going to give you a brief recap of some of the the main themes that we've talked about so far on this episode. This episode has been all about leading others. And so with that, we have habit four, which is think win-win. So it's a habit of mutual benefit. Habit five is seek first to understand, then to be understood. This is the habit of mutual understanding. And habit six is synergize or the habit of creative cooperation. So again, all these, the four, five, and six habits are all about leading others and being a really quality leader. Did either of you, Tara or Carmen, have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? I'm excited for the last one.
1: I am too. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so to create the, uh, the stir or the excitement. So the very last episode in this series about the seven habits of successful people is habit seven, which is titled sharpen the saw. That sounds a little bit, uh, uh brutal, I guess, but this is all about Halloween. Oh, how fitting. But, um, <laughs> this is all about unleashing your potential. So I'm really excited for the third of our three part series about the seven habits. So well, another to-
1: part of this is that it, what I found is that it's not so much you can read these and read these and read these over and over and over and over again. But if you don't implement them, they're not any good. And just to feel like maybe I'm, I feel like I've accomplished habit one and I'm working on two and three and I'm working towards, you know, but the idea is if I just keep them in my back of my mind and make every effort to implement them, not just to, read them over and over again but to implement it it makes a difference and i am really looking forward to talking about the seven seventh one and then i'd like to wrap this maybe in a year from now to see what we've done
0: that would be interesting do a little uh flashback friday or throwback thursday however you want (laughs) to call it um because yeah the the point that you you brought up with that and what Steve Covey also says is you have to build on each habit. You cannot just like skip one. Each habit is meant to be built upon. So you have to have habit one, be practicing it, know it, live it, learn it, love it, do it, and then, you know, move on to habit two. So it's really hard. You can say things all the time, but putting it into effective action exactly. really takes a mindful and a special effort for you to continue to be exerting this and, and to keep yes. building.
1: Good stuff, ladies.
0: All right. Well, listeners, thank you for joining us this week. Make sure to catch Habit 7 next week where we talk about unleashing your potential. That's all the time we have. Have an awesome week. All right, listeners. Bye.
1: And that's it for this episode. Make sure to text WNRG to 239355 so you can catch us next week. This podcast is
0: produced by Melissa Nichols. We also want to thank you for spending time with us this week. And we always want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts in our Buzz Group, WNRG podcast series, or by tagging us. We couldn't do this without you.
1: Until next time, be intentional,
0: stay curious,
1: and inspire others.